This is not ESPN podcast, nor is it something else. We do need a podcast bumper like this. That. Is really... the City Lights equipping podcast, and my name is Christopher <laughs> Allen Armfield, and I am here with my good pal Oliver Wong. Oliver, say hello. Hello. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing great. I have an Affliction T-shirt on today. You don't. I. You don't know this about me, but I do love the early 2000s. I wish that it was the 2004 right now. I what wish is one thing you remember from 2004? I wish the notebook was coming out. Timothy Bain was 10 years old. He was just a little <laughs> minion back then. <laughs> oh, uh, 2004, what else was going on? Ashton Kutcher's haircut was going crazy. I don't remember 2004. Punked. Yeah, I mean, it was a good year. Yeah. What about what's My your, kids were young. What That's would be your blur. favorite year of all time? Your My favorite. favorite year, I got married in 1998. It was like a fun year. Daughter mm-hmm. born 2001, amazing transition, having kids. That was amazing. Um, I first started to really see into the supernatural in mm-hmm. 2009. That was an incredible season of life. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was fun. Yeah, I was thinking more shallow. Like, I oh. just missed 1998 bulls. <laughs> like, the 19, when kids say I was oh. not alive in 98 or just two, I'm thinking not only did you miss the bulls, you also missed Seinfeld. Right? That's a whole thing. Well, and then, you yeah. know, Tupac, the Tupac and Biggie situation was incredible. Like, that was like when good rap was good. Huh. Yeah. Well, since this is the equipping podcast of City Lights. Yeah, that's right. I love what you're talking about. Appreciate it. Some people are like, oh, yeah, this guy's got it. He knows what's going on. And, yeah, if you want to talk more with Oliver about the 90s, you can go to obong at citylights.cc and let him know that you want to, you know, grab coffee around some 90s things. But truly, we are here today because we want your city group to thrive. We want city group culture to thrive. We want it to be clear because we're watching, I'll tell you what, we've been hearing so much right. about group life. And I mean, I think it's every day I come in the office, one of the staff just had their group the night before and they're ecstatic about it. And mm-hmm. they're just talking about so many encouraging things. And uh, we want to just continue to see that culture grow. And so that's why we do this podcast is to make sure that you have the rails to run on, make sure that you have the foundation to build on. And last week we talked about, or last time we were together, we talked about uh, what it looks like to hear from God. And that's been a a really hot topic lately, in fact, because it's been happening on Sunday mornings a lot, because Jesus has been telling us through John's account that he doesn't do anything other than what he hears and sees his father doing, which gives us a foundation to be asking the same questions. Um, Oliver, before we jump into obeying and doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really a current word right now. Could you just talk about some of the things you've heard as a, the equipping pastor with group leaders, how people have been responding to the stirring circle that talks about hearing, but also the Sunday morning preaching that's been about hearing. You've been hearing a lot of, just a lot of feedback, good things and challenges mm-hmm. and uh, observations that we've been learning from. Why don't you give us a little bit of um, kind of summary uh, of what's happened in our community and what we talked about last week before we jump into obeying. It makes sense, but a lot of times when we've gotten feedback on, you know, hearing God's voice or what does it mean to hear God's voice? There's been, uh, this duality of like, you can hear in the tone of people's voices and the content of people really want to and long to hear the voice of the Lord. But also there is kind of even a fear or a trepidation about hearing the voice of the Lord. Maybe things like, what if somebody were to use that term or say, Hey, I hear God and they're abusing that term. Or what if I felt like I heard God, I did something and it was, I didn't hear him or it wasn't what I expected. The outcome wasn't what I expected. Um, and I think that that's, you know, that's all uh, pretty natural. Now, of course, we come back to the idea that like, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. There's plenty of ways to abuse really, really 
um, good things in, in our life, uh, in the physical, and then also in the spiritual. Yeah, there's a lot of gifts that the Lord could give us that we could abuse as well. Um, but uh, uh, I think just a couple of things that have emerged that have been good news to people, that have been encouraging, that have been biblical, that have given life to people and encouragement. Um, the first one is just being that as a son or daughter of God, we're designed to hear God's voice. Um, mm. And that I think one of the things in the comparison trap is like, well, I feel like somebody else hears God vo- get, says they hear God's voice or somebody else, I, I know they hear God's voice, but that's really not for me. I'm more like this other type of, I don't know, some JV or second level, mm. second class citizen in heaven. And that's just not true. John 10 says that all my sheep know me because they know my voice. Like, mm. if you know, sheep doesn't have a sense of graduation or promotion to it. It's like we're all sheep. We, we, we will always be sheep. He will always be our good shepherd. Mm-hmm. And we are endowed with the ability to hear his voice. So I would just say that if there's been any salvation, any baptism, um, any work of fruit, generosity, kindness, um, any, you know, if you've been on a mission trip before, if you've ever uh, tithed before, if you've ever said something kind to somebody before, those are all representatives of life. They represent mm-hmm. the kingdom of heaven. They don't represent sin. And so they must have come from somewhere. Um, whether or not we call it God's voice, whether or not we call it discerning um, the spirits or applying God's word, however we call that, um, ultimately, if it's life, it is responding to uh, the word of God. So, um, so yeah, I would just be, I would just love to encourage everyone that's listening to just say, you do hear God's voice mm-hmm. just because you are a son or a daughter. Second thing is that um, hearing God's voice happens best in the context of community and in the context of reading scripture. He will never negate what he's already said. And so uh, it's very hard, I found, to be able to hear what he's saying if we don't know what he said. Mm-hmm. I found that people that hear his voice well are actually people that have really read and studied what he's already said. Uh, and then also, it's an incredibly safe and important thing to also hear things in the context of community. He doesn't speak in isolation nearly. Uh, well, we can't hear, I should say, in isolation nearly as well as we can hear in the context of community and plurality. So if you think of a, a bowling alley, the two things that keep us from the left and the right gutter are the word of God and his community, his church. Hmm. And then lastly, um, that every word uh, is intended to have some sort of a response or an action. Uh, As we exalt him as the highest value, his word has influence on our life. And that word should bear fruit. It should bear an action. We shouldn't just be hearers of the word, but doers as well. The wise man and the foolish man both hear the word of God. It's just the foolish man fails to act it out or respond to it. So just the reality that, yeah, we could be definitely hearing the word of God without um, applying it, responding to it, taking the next step, however you want to say. Um, and that's really what we're headed into talking about today. But it's been a little while since we talked last time mm-hmm. in the hearing God section. This, of course, is the obeying God's voice section. Um, and since it has been so much time, let's just catch up on what's been going on. Uh, the theme we talked about last time in podcast number four was about hearing God's voice in the area of your life, Chris, of transition, the area of moving, literally physically moving from one house to another, being sent by, um, feeling sent by the Holy Spirit and by the Lord to go and um, engage in this new season of life. Tell us about everything that's happened and transpired since we last spoke. Yeah, that's a big thing going on in our lives. Last time we spoke was several weeks ago and we had no action on our house, no no real um, showings and no offer, no contingent offers, nothing. All we really had was an overwhelming sense of calling. We knew what God wanted us to do and where he wanted us to go. 
which that wasn't even ready at the time either. Uh, but since we met, we did receive a contract, uh, an offer. We negotiated it back about three times, and then uh, it's under contract, and we just had an inspection where there's a 30-point punch list of things that need to get done to the house, which is going to be uh, another dent to the, the profit margin, but that's okay. You know, I mean, that's some, one of the things we've been learning is that uh, – in this life, we might think things are going to go one way when we're called to do something, but it doesn't always end up or, or come about in the way you'd think because, um, well, we're just learning that with the financial part of this. We're learning it with the timing. Now that our house is under contract and we'll close hopefully sometime in October, where we're moving to that God's called us to might not be ready till December 1st, and so we won't have a place to live with our stuff. Um, but in all of it, Oliver, we really do embrace the reality that we're sojourners. The Bible says we're sojourners, which means somebody that's passing through and they're not a permanent resident here. So I'm not talking about the subdivision I live in or the shoes I wear. We're talking about I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God, which is present here, but the full manifestation is coming down the road sometime. And so while we're here, we want to live more intentionally with our time. And uh, that's what we're moving into. So those are, I think, the major updates since we met last time. And so that's pretty big. We're trying to say, like, what do we do in the process of uh, while we're waiting for the house to sell? And uh, I think for me, I don't even remember what I said, but trust and believe that God called us and he's going to take care of everything. And, well, now it's been several weeks and we've had some serious movement. Mm -hmm. I think this is just a great example, um, the idea of he sent us as sojourners to to de kind of like scale down our belongings, our material um, uh, sense of mm. provision in order that we might be able to be movable, that we might mm-hmm. be able to be sendable. Um, because I think it's great because oftentimes, um, although we could think through the lens of God speaking through circumstance, I think he actually rarely speaks through circumstance. Um, he'd actually prefer not to, and oftentimes will send us into circumstances that are difficult. Now, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily advocate for one or the other. The idea of God will only send me into hard circumstances or he'll only send me into easy circumstances, neither of those are really biblical. Mm -hmm. Um, But probably the, you know, both of those ideas really send us back to the idea of no matter what circumstance we're in, do I have truth from the Lord and a value set that I'm living out of as opposed to reacting to the circumstances around me? Mm -hmm. In this case, it it seems that um, in some ways there's going to be some really great provision and peace and um, purpose in the next step that you're taking with apartment life and that ministry, which is really awesome. But at the same time, there's also been some pain, some mm-hmm. misgiving, some yep. you know cause for alarm and stress and anxiety. And so uh, I just think there is a freedom in just realizing that God, I guess, could speak through circumstance, especially if you're a criminal and you continue to break the law of God mm-hmm. and the law of man, you're going to see consequences for that. Mm-hmm. But that's the last step that he, I think he would like to do. I think in, in general, he'd rather us respond to his voice than our circumstances. So back into that, it sounds like the word you were saying is that the Lord has really sent you guys, the your family, not just you, but your entire family to go um, on mission, on this adventure together, um, downsizing your kind of uh, physical roots, your house, your home, your your neighborhood, your stuff, you know, getting rid of some of your clothes, some of your belongings, some of your... Um, uh, material things, your furniture, and you're moving and downsizing so you can be more mobile to go on mission with him. And that's kind of been the word. So no matter what the circumstances have been, you've gone back to that truth. Yeah. I know what he said. Mm-hmm. And that way there's no regret. There's no real anxiety because you know that what he said he'll fulfill. Mm-hmm. And so you can now trust in him and you don't have to trust in circumstances. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to talk about acting it out. And obviously acting it out can take 
longer than, you know, take, take a very, very long time. We're now going on um, several weeks, if not a couple months here of acting this plan out. And I'm sure it will take even more time than this. Mm -hmm. But the three steps of acting, of obeying God's voice are to make a plan, to find accountability, and then finally to act it out, to actually take the step. So plan, accountability, and act. So we'll start right here with the plan. Um, let's let's do it this way, Chris. What was kind of the plan? Um, and so far, what's the update on how it's going? Well, the plan was to uh, consider, ask, seek, and knock if the Lord wanted to change in our lives. And actually, we saw other people that we love and trust um, being led into different kinds of things. In fact, the opposite, Andre and Jenna and baby Micah, the Griners, um, they live with us in our home. That's Our home is able to keep another family with us and because of the size of it and the way it's laid out. And they were about to make a move to something big, actually big and different, 30 acres and land and farm. And, and we, when that happened, I remember just saying, Lord, are you wanting us to listen for change? And I, I heard about a week later, yeah. So the plan was, what change, Lord? Start asking. And then apartment life came up, which is... A, a group that uh, basically hired us to live on mission and they placed us in an apartment community downtown. All of that goes through and the plan is, okay, great. Our house will be no problem to sell. Houses last for seven days on average in our neighborhood. It'll be great. So our plan was to do that. Um, since it was smaller, it's about a quarter of the size of what we live in now, we would sell and give things away, which has been one, that's a wonderful blessing I actually didn't see in the call. That has been really good. So the plan was sell, uh, pull up the tent pegs, pull kids out of school, change everything, move into this apartment and live like we have been living in a neighborhood, now live in an apartment community uh, for the gospel and just be ourselves, just be ourselves right where we're at. Mm -hmm. was the plan. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And uh, how, where are you guys at in that process so far? Realistically, I I think that we are maybe 60% of the way. If 100% is like the finish line, living there and not having to do trips back and forth, we're probably 60%. We have thrown two events, two gatherings for community development at the apartment. That's what we do there. And it's been, I, I mean, just incredible. It really has been incredible. Um, all that we had hoped and more. Mm -hmm. And so that's just been really special. So the call, we've already started to do it. You know, I think there's a, there's a message right there, which is if you feel called to do something, sometimes you think I can't care for people in another country until I finish high school, college, pay off debt or move over there. That's a myth. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't learn how to be a good husband until I'm married. That's a myth. I can't learn how to operate under authority until the, these are myths. So we're able to go build relationships with the people we're going to be living around prior to moving there. Mm -hmm. In fact, the plan now has been pushed out all the way to December that we'll actually be living there, but we can love people now. Mm -hmm. We don't have to, just because we're not sleeping on the property. So I would say in the in-between, there's been a lot of things that we're learning that we did not anticipate going in. You've mentioned, I mentioned it. We, we believe we're called. Mm -hmm. uh, and by the way, how did you hear that, Chris? Oh, right. well, Chris probably hears divinely. No, I, 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 you want to hear the real truth? Mm -hmm. Jeremiah 29. Oh, you have the Bible memorized. No, because I was just reading the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing fantastic about that. All of us have a Bible. If you don't, we'll get you one. Yep. But reading Jeremiah 29, he just said, I sent you into exile. I sent you where you are. You're a sojourner. While you're sojourning, while you're where you are temporarily, seek the well-being of everyone around you. And when you seek the well-being of everyone around you, you'll find your own. So I was just really moved by this and just went, God, when Andre and Jenna were about to make a change, we said, Lord, do you want to change us? And he said, and I just thought, I thought, Lord, do you want to use us anywhere else in the city? And these doors opened. Mm -hmm. They just opened. And then we asked, we sought, we knocked. And, uh, you know, when you, when you push a plan forward, I feel like there's been green lights. Mm -hmm. 
there's been yellow light. Some mm-hmm. of us accelerate in yellow light. Some of us hit a brake. Right. Um, I tend to accelerate. Jerusha hits brakes. And then red lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if there's a red light, I'm usually taking a right turn and trying to get around. Other people stay at the red light. So I just want to say part of being faithful to what God has, I'm learning as I'm getting older God likes to take a long season to mature us and get us ready for the next. Mm-hmm. So though I'm ready for the next, I think I'm learning valuable things right now that I'm going to need for the next season. So mm-hmm. um, that's that's what the plan looks like. I, I mean, when do you have a plan that it's a green light in the beginning, it's only greens the whole way? Right. I don't necessarily know that that is actually what God wants. Uh, mm-hmm. it, you might be really hard-pressed, actually, besides Jesus, but Jesus had tons of obstacles. He just faced them well everybody's had obstacles along the way. And obstacles don't necessarily mean it's not God's plan. It just means that these might be lessons you can learn from and be faithful rather than be fickle. Be faithful in those moments when you're working a plan and continue to say, God, what are you saying now? Are you changing it? Because sometimes a red light mean might mean turn around, mm-hmm. um, go back. Or I only wanted you to go to this far. Right Now there's, a, there's an on-ramp somewhere else. I watched that happen. So I think that's also why James says, don't talk about what you're going to do a year from now. Mm-hmm. What, what is God calling you to do today? And Jesus said... Don't worry about tomorrow. How does it look like? What does it look like to be faithful today? Because mm-hmm. I, I, when I'm working a plan, I watch people worry a lot and stress. And we add right. a lot of stress and worry because of scenario, not your real situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I hear you saying like that God, you know, I've heard people say before that God loves the dreamer more than the dream. So yeah. he, he cares about Chris more than he cares even about Chris fulfilling some type of a call to mm-hmm. get out to a neighborhood. He wants the the character to change the right. inner man to change more than the outer world right and so in that way values the process as much as as or maybe more than the destination itself mm-hmm. the the working the plan with him maybe it taking longer than you expected it going a different trajectory than you thought that it would um, just so that you might trust him more was a valuable or is a valuable part of it the is. process it, it is. really really isn't and, and so that's why I think that plan thing it's just I mean I think we assume that oh if we hear God's voice it'll be easy just do what he says and in a way it is it is a Simon says game but there is a certain tempo and a, and a certain texture to the plan the way we do it the timing that we do it the attitude that we do it in I noticed like when you said earlier uh, from stage a couple Sundays ago in praying for that waitress, there was, even though it seems simple of if you felt like the Lord was saying, hey, pray for her, or even just ask how her day was, it seems like a simple call and response. But in your mind, though you weren't necessarily externalizing it, there was probably a lot of planning going on. You were thinking about maybe should I go and find her when she's not at the table? Should I be loud? Should I be quiet and soft? Should I... Um, you know, use biblical terminology or should I make it more user friendly, so to speak? All of those things, which, you know, that takes a lot of experience and maturity that we need to keep mm-hmm. practicing and keep planning and trying and mm-hmm. failing and, and starting again. Mm-hmm. But all that said, just because we hear the Lord to say to do something doesn't mean we automatically know when Absolutely. or how yeah. or, or with what heart. And so seeking him out and doing it with him instead of just for him is just as important as getting it done in the first place. The, the process is as well as the destination. Yeah, I, so, I, I won't say this very long. With rather than for is, I understand, just to be the biblical paradigm. God mm-hmm. wants to do things with us, us with him. He's not really interested in servants who are dispatched to do things for him. Mm-hmm. He, he goes with us. That's what. That's why we are yoked to him. It is a partnership that we're in. And, you know, I don't know that we really understand the application of that in every single thing we do, but that's a great word. So as city groups, from a practical standpoint on the plan... Just ask questions like, what would this look like? Or on Monday or whenever your your city group meets, I guess Thursday, what does it look like to be a sojourner? What does that mean to be a son? 
Um, what does it mean to rest? What is that actually going to look like? Uh, I think that um, if if we only hear what the what the voice of the Lord is calling us to do, but we don't have a plan of how it's going to look and feel as we take our next step, um, we're missing half of the journey there. We're only going for the destination of accomplishing something as opposed to the relationship, walking through the process step by step, doing it the way he wants it done, how he wants it done uh, at the timing that he does. Um, the accountability piece, Chris, is really this right here as we talk about it. Now, all of a sudden, I become accountable to like to care for you and you know you become accountable to the word that you're sharing. Um, and we just partner in that way of positioning you to take your next faithful step in, in the Lord. And this is an important process that's really, really, you know, a biblical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about um, accountability in your life. How has um, accountability work best for you? Um, and this is a great question to even explore in city groups as we want to hold each other accountable. We're all different. We're wired differently. Um, but there is such thing as a bad, bad accountability system mm-hmm. and there's a good accountability. Let's talk about that. What does a good accountability look like and how have you received good brotherly accountability? Yeah, I would say, uh, encouragement is just about always encouraging. Mm-hmm accountability is oftentimes discouraging. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not afraid of the word accountability. It just depends who's on the other end of it. Because right. uh, if you're really out for my good, you're not always just looking for silver lining, but you're helping me remember that I'm not what I do and don't do. I'm a son or daughter of the living God. And potentially you even do a little Galatians 6 that when I sin or step out of the plan, that I'm actually acting out of character rather than, oh, that's just you. Mm-hmm. And accountability, at least when I was growing up, I didn't grow up in a church world much, but when I got into college, I was, and it, we had accountability all the time. And it was basically, um, how well did you manage your sin this week? And if you manage your sin well, you were ready to go back to group. If you didn't, you try to find a reason to skip it. Mm-hmm. That's That just doesn't seem good because if we understand Jesus well, he's always ready for us. We're always ready for him. We're excited to be there. And no matter what we've done, we're excited to talk to him about our failures so that we don't have to repeat them. Not because he's going to give us a secret, but he's going to say, I love you. Mm-hmm. We don't, you don't have to live that way. Are you interested in another path? I'm like, yes, please tell me that. So mm-hmm. approval of man can sneak in there and image bearing, like I want to look like this can get in there. So if it can be a trusted community, I would say the best thing of accountability is don't assume, mm-hmm. ask questions. Mm-hmm. So, hey, you haven't been at group in a few weeks. We just miss you. Everything Okay. Mm-hmm. versus, hey, are you committed to God anymore? Mm-hmm. You know, or why don't you value community? Uh, I realize as a pastor, I usually get to hear people's stories. In a, on an average Sunday, there are probably two-thirds of the people are hurting so bad. The mm-hmm. fact that they even got there are willing to be there. I mean, just this last Sunday, I know of a family who's going through some of the hardest things in their entire life, and they made it to church that Sunday, mm-hmm. and they actually served. So served in two areas. Um, so I guess accountability can be bad. Doesn't mean we have to be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, godly accountability with God is awesome. He always brings me back to fellowship and trust and love with him. And I think our community can look like that too. Can we bring each other back to the gospel? Gospel life will meet that place, but then we're going to move into to following God together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hear you saying that uh, the most important thing about accountability is to remind each other of who God is and what He said. Mm-hmm. Um, what God has said is so much more important than even the plan, as we talked about the significance of plan. Yeah. Well, plans change, circumstances change, right. but what doesn't change is the character of God and His Word, what He said. Yep. Um, as far as action goes, um, I think that 
uh, action as we act out to go and pray for somebody um, at, a, at a lunch table, act out by going to a new home, moving, um, downsizing, acting out to deciding to go back to school, any of these things um, just requires a, a, a withness yeah. and never to, to try and do for God something that he wants us to do with him. Um, and so even in that, there is there is a, an abiding and a close relational dynamic of, of acting, carrying that word with you and carrying him with you as we go. So as far as takeaways go for today, um, one is that we're designed to hear and obey inside of the context of community. This is where um, we can reflect God the best to one another and we can remind it of who God truly is. I think isolation kills that, it hurts that. We're meant to hear in the context of community in the fivefold, not as in isolation. Um, and then secondly, I heard us just talking about accountability should really be more like a encourageability. It should be about mm-hmm. um, giving life as opposed to threatening death. It should be about pointing back to who he is, not who we're not. Um, so accountability should be all a lot about Jesus and looking at him rather than looking at us or looking at each other. Um, so that is it for foundations. Um, and I've just been super encouraged and excited about all that city groups are and all that they can be. I just want to uh, let you guys know that the staff and Chris and I have been praying for groups and just seeing them thrive so far. Thank you, leaders, for all that you do um, for supporting, serving, and sending. And, um, uh, and and we are just so, so thankful for um, what God has done in our midst. So have a great uh, time wherever you are, great week. And maybe we'll see you again here on the City Lights Equipping Podcast. Adios. Tight